Today is our third and final sermon on our series of the four responses to Jesus' message. The sermon for today comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 6, verses 30 through 34, and then 53 through 56. The apostles gathered around Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. He said to them, Come away to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a deserted place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they hurried there on foot from all the towns and arrived ahead of them. As he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. And then skipping down to verse 53. When they had crossed over, they came to a land at Gennesaret and moored the boat. When they got out of the boat, people at once recognized him and rushed about the whole region and began to bring the sick on mats to wherever they heard he was. And wherever he went into villages or cities or farms, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him that they, that they might touch even the fringe of his cloak, and all who touched it were healed. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, help us to come to you with excitement and eagerness to follow but Lord, even help us move beyond that. Lord, help us to hear your words today and give us courage to follow. Lord, I ask that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Now that's more like it. Two weeks ago, we talked about how Jesus' message offended the folks in his hometown of Nazareth. When he preached there, they got angry at what he said. Last week, we looked at how Herod was entertained by John's preaching. Uh, what John said entertained Herod, but the entertainment wasn't enough. It didn't lead to changed behavior. Uh, we don't want to be offended by the message, and we want to be more than entertained. Well, by the end of Mark 6, people are chasing Jesus all around the Sea of Galilee. They're not offended. They're not just entertained, but they are eager to be with Jesus. They believe in his power. They're hauling sick people with them wherever they go. Some of them are walking for miles just to get to see and hear Jesus. They were absolutely eager. And so eager is our third response to Christ. It reminds me of people who will wait for hours to see some superstar. People literally camp in line for days to get tickets to a concert or a game or even a movie. I remember back in the spring when Alabama softball was playing in the SEC championships here in Tuscaloosa. Uh, Melissa and I stood in line in the blazing heat for over an hour to get in the stadium. And we already had tickets. So we were assured of being in the stadium, but we were in the brickyard, the outfield. And we wanted to get the spot where we wanted to sit. So we waited in line for over an hour when we already had tickets just to get our favorite spot in the outfield over 300 feet away from the action. So I kind of understand being eager. Uh, I wonder, what if people were that eager to see Jesus? What if today people were still, uh, had that kind of eagerness to get to be with Jesus? I like the sound of that. Uh, I've actually heard of it happening. Years ago, I got to hear the preacher David Wilkerson. Now, Wilkerson is the preacher of crossing the switchblades fame that, that went into the, as a Midwest preacher that went into 
they uh, went, went into New York City uh, and evangelized gangs. Uh, well, he founded Times Square Church there in New York City. And, and I understand, I've never seen it, but I understand that at least at one time, if you wanted to worship in Times Square Church, you had to get there and wait in a lobby area until they opened the doors. And then you would move in to worship. And while you were in worship, the next group would come in and move into that lobby area and wait. And when the when one worship service was over, that group would leave the sanctuary space out of a different exit. And then that group that had been waiting for an hour or so would get to come in. And they would do that several times during the weekend. People standing in line for an hour or more just to get into worship. Uh, I like the sound of that kind of eagerness. Uh, wouldn't it be cool if you had to come early to church to get a parking space? Uh, or if the police around town on Sundays had to direct traffic like they do on game day to help everyone in town get to the church of their choice. Uh, that kind of eagerness excites me. I like the sound of eager. I like it a lot better than offended or entertained. But did you notice that Jesus kept trying to get away? The people were eager to be with Jesus, but Every time they found him, he kept finding an excuse to get away, to get in the boat, to go to the other side of the lake. He zigzagged back and forth across the lake, forcing people to literally chase him all the way around the lake. Jesus kept trying to move away. I saw a church's vision statement one time that said, making Jesus famous. But I wonder, maybe famous isn't exactly what Jesus was aiming for. People were eagerly following Jesus. They were chasing him down. That sounds good, right? But let's look at the story a little more carefully. Why were they chasing Jesus down? What were they so eager about? Uh, they wanted something. They wanted food and healing, specifically in these passages. Uh, they had, Jesus had fed the 5,000. They wanted to get fed again. Jesus had healed people, and people were bringing their sick folks uh, in John's account of the same story, John, uh, Jesus actually calls them out for it. Jesus answers them, uh, very truly I tell you, you are looking for me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. That's John six twenty six. Jesus calls them out. He said, look, you're not following me because you saw signs that tell you I'm the Messiah. He doesn't even bring up his teaching. He just says, look, you're... You're following me because you got a meal out of me. You follow, you're following me because you want to have a meal ticket. By the end of John 6, many of the eager followers walk away because Jesus' message becomes too difficult for them. Jesus' words got hard, and so they desert him. By the end of 6, a huge number of people have walked away. In fact, Jesus even turns to the 12 disciples and he says, will you walk away too? Or are you going to leave me as well? Uh, Simon Peter answers him, uh, Lord, to whom would we go? To whom would we go? And when you really read that question, it's like if they had a better option, they might consider it. But they didn't have a better choice. And so they stayed with Jesus. To whom would we go? The eagerness faded. The disciples hung around. 
I do hope that we're eager to follow Jesus. I still think that's a good thing, but it's important to ask, why are we so eager? Is it because we want something? Healing? Security? Comfort? Uh, There's nothing wrong with any of those things. In fact, in various places, Jesus encourages uh, encourages us to ask for those things. Yes, ask the Father for what you need, whether it's healing or comfort or security. Ask for what you need, and and the Father is anxious. He's ready to give. So we understand that it's okay. It's even a good thing to ask. But shouldn't there be more to the relationship? Is our faith just a way for us to get what we want? Are we eager to follow because we want something? We can be eager to be entertained. We can be eager to be comforted. We can be eager to get what we desire. I still like the, I still like the sound of eager better than offended or entertained. But it's not enough either. When the eager people stopped getting what they wanted, they walked away. When people who were eager to get their needs met stopped getting them met, they walked away. We need a better response. Ultimately, the first three responses are self-serving. They leave us open to selfishness. I'm offended because I don't want to do what Jesus asked. You know, I'm offended because Jesus' words get in the way of my will. Or I can be entertained by a message I have no intention of following. Yes, I, I want to hear the dazzling message, but I'm not about to try to do what it says. I can be eager to get what I want. All of these fall short, I'm afraid. All of them fall captive to our selfishness. Uh, I'm in this relationship with Jesus for what I can get out of it, ultimately. Fortunately, Jesus gives us the model. We get it really especially at the end of Jesus' life on earth when he knelt in the Garden of Gethsemane He was faced with his own violent death, which was only hours away. A time when he desired to be comforted. He desired security. He even desired escape. He prayed for those things. But ultimately he prayed, God, not my will, but thine be done. Not what I want, but what you want. Ultimately, Jesus' response to God was not one of offense or entertainment or even eagerness. Ultimately, Jesus' response to God was to surrender. Jesus surrendered his own will to the will of God. That's the highest response. I pray that we would also have the courage to choose the highest response. That today we would surrender our wills to Christ. Not what we want, but what Christ wants. Not what we want in the church, but what Christ wants with his church. Not what we want to see happen in the world, but what God would have happen in the world that God loves so dearly. Today I pray, I pray that we may surrender to the will of Christ in our lives. Amen.